Welcome to the Try Self Love Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Barber, and I'm a Master Life and Relationship Coach. I'm your host, Kristen Dicker, and I'm a Transformational Health and Wellness Life Coach. If you're curious about what self-love is, you've come to the right place. Each week, we'll dive deeper into the steps it takes to develop self-love. Here we go. Hi, welcome to episode seven of the Try Self Love podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Dicker. My co-host is with me too. Hey, it's Becky Barber. Hey, Becky. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Kristen? Great. I'm great. Thanks. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about people-pleasing and um, what that means. It's uh, People-pleasing is a coping mechanism that begins early in life. And so as humans, we need to make sense of the world around us. And at young ages, we create beliefs or stories that we tell ourselves to try to understand how to fit in socially and survive. We fight to get our needs met. And since we believe we are the center of the universe at a young age, we believe that we can control life in some way and the people around us um, by by doing certain uh, coping mechanisms such as people-pleasing. And it helps us feel like we can get our needs met by our caregivers. Yeah, I just want to add, like, as kids, this is all so subconscious, right? We're not aware of this. It's part of our survival instincts. But we all have those three basic needs of love, safety, and belonging. And as you were saying, it's something you learn. So maybe in your family, the way you belong or the way you get, quote-unquote, love is by doing everything for everyone, being so needed and useful that, like, they can't live without you. And so you feel that worth. You fill that hole somehow like you were talking about with one of these these dysfunctional coping methods. Yeah, and it, it makes you feel like you're being, you, you get rewarded if you do it right and if you think they're going to think you're good enough. So it becomes something you do as a way of feeling good. Like you feel like, oh, if I do this right and I please them, I'm going to make sure I get love. I'm going to get fed. (laughs) I'm going to be able to not be alone and lonely. People are going to love me because I'm a good little girl or boy. Um, So sorry, that, that is really heavy though, too. Right. I mean, good. I want to be a good person. I'm not good unless I'm doing everything that every person tells me what to do. I, I worry about that with my kids. I feel like they sometimes just, comply too easily sometimes and I'm like we if you don't want to do it right now you could tell me and then they'll be like well I kind of wanted to do something else and then do that later great but I can't read your mind but that's that's a toxic place to be when you're just trying to be like that quote-unquote good person a lot of problems can come with that yeah and then since you're so little when it starts like you said it's subconscious so you don't know you're doing it and so you kind of have to take a deep dive into yourself and do that inner work to pull that out of there and then look at it and become aware of it. And we'll talk about some things like that later too, about what you can do to sort of notice and shift your mindset, take actions to create new habits around how to stop doing it. Because um, when we are pleasing ourselves, we put all of our, or pleasing other people, we put our, our knees on the back burner and we just, we, we sort of start to expect sometimes that if we give Other people will give, but sometimes we give to people who take and they don't give back. And so what happens is we become very resentful or dissatisfied with our lives or depressed even because we're giving all the time and we don't have anything filling us up. 
we have to learn how to fill ourselves up. It's not somebody else's responsibility, but it's very, when you don't know that, you don't know that you're just like, I'm being so good. I'm helping you. I'm loving you. I'm listening to you. I'm doing all the chores. I'm, I'm doing the things that matter to you to make you like recognize me and approve of me. And you're, you're just taking and you're making me do them more and more. And you don't really seem to appreciate that. It, by human nature, you can't really help but feel resentful um, because your energy is being just taken from you and you don't have anything to really give anymore and you're just working on fumes. And and then other things can uh, stem from that. Other activities to try to cope with the energy deficiencies, maybe overeating or at some point maybe drinking alcohol or doing other kinds of those like addictive kind of compulsive, but there's just there's many other things like there, there are things like you'll do to, to try to just feel like, like maybe doing well in school or like overdoing those things happen as well. And again, not having a lot of energy doesn't create a lot of space to overdo, but we just sort of keep piling it on, hoping that teachers, friends, family will like praise us and like give us what we want. Um, do you have anything to add about that? Yeah, definitely. I think what you first talked about is like putting your needs on the back burner. If you do that often enough, you won't even know what your needs are because you're not tuned into yourself. And like you were saying, you assume if you give, others will give too. But there's this dance that certain codependency, like code, certain codependent people get into with narcissists because the narcissist will take and take and the codependent will give and give. And neither one is happy. They're both trying to fill some need inside subconsciously. This is all subconscious, but it just doesn't work. And what you're describing with overdoing, you know, Brene Brown calls it hustling for your worth. You're just trying to, like I mentioned earlier, just take care of everything for everyone so that you could possibly anticipate their needs before they do and they'll really appreciate it. And that's not really what happens. People don't notice that. And and you get resentful, like you talked about, it, that builds and some passive aggression comes into play. And it's just, it's a breeding ground for a lot of toxic behavior on both ends. But losing yourself in relationships is fairly common, especially for women. I mean, in all relationships, their romantic relationships as a mom, maybe even at work, at church, wherever, you just kind of get in that mode where you'll do everything and you you don't really have an opinion anymore. Like we were talking about before the podcast, just an example, is you have that friend or maybe maybe you were that person where it's like a group of you are going to go to lunch and you're like, hey, do you, is there somewhere you want to go? And they, they never have an opinion. No, 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 whatever you want is fine. Or whatever time is fine. Or whatever you want to eat is fine. Like they just, they're almost scared to put their own opinion in there. And that, that's a part of losing yourself, not trusting that others are going to like something about you. And not trusting your own ability to make decisions. That goes into people-pleasing, too, because you're just... And you said this before we spoke, like before we started recording, is it's, an, it's a manipulation, a subconscious manipulation of trying to make other people happy and trying to change yourself in a way that would make them happy. It gets really tricky. Yeah. And it, you know what it does? It, uh, it creates the situation where you have to put different masks on for different people and you're like pretzling yourself for everybody. Like, so one person you're, you're kind of like, hi, how are you? Another person you're kind of like, oh, let me be a good listener. Another person you're like super approachable. Another person you're sort of doormatting yourself because you know, that's what that 
specific person needs you do, or in the, in the context of one conversation, you might be all those things. And it's all a way of sort of avoiding conflict. And like you said, anticipating their needs. And it's, it's, you have to become hypervigilant in order to do this. And it's, it creates a lot of anxiety. It just, it, it makes you not trust yourself at all because you don't know if you're going to let this person down, what, if they're going to be mad and you just don't want the conflict, you don't want them to be mad at you because then you will have failed in some way. And it's just a whole cascade then of just all this pain and self-hatred really. And then it, it does create, I'll just go into the health aspect. I mean, that creates a whole bunch of cortisol releasing uh, hormones and stress hormones. And, and again, it's always going to affect our health in some way. And so if, even if you don't really care about the subject of people pleasing and you're not aware of that, or you don't want to be, think about your health. I mean, these things create a lot of stress on us when we are doing things just to please everybody else. So. Yeah. I mean, Kristen, I'm a recovering people pleaser overdoer. That's kind of the role that I was, I took on, I'll say as a kid, like I thought that would be good enough. And then my parents would love me and I'd fit in the family. It did not work out for me. And I say recovering because it's just been in the last few years that it's like, well, why, why don't I deserve to have a say in where we go to eat once in a while? I don't have to choose a restaurant every time, but yeah, I'd like to go to a different place once in a while. And when you start doing that, you'll find out if your friends like you or if they like this blank slate person who just tags along, you know, and most people don't. Like you said, they don't really trust that because you're not willing to put part of you into the relationship. You're holding back. So I just noticed recently that I tend to overdo in most of my relationships. I don't want my kids to struggle. They do have chores, but like in, in any way that I can, I'll try and anticipate something that they might possibly want or they're bored, so I'll plan activities. And I'm starting to step back from that because that's not doing them a service either. It's draining my energy, but it's setting them up for a world that doesn't really exist. It's not doing anyone any favors. And then they're getting a false sense of what they're going to have to do in their future relationships. So it's, it's important, like you said, whether we're aware of it or not. Each of us has a piece of this, whether we've overcome it or not. So, right, like when we, when we sort of lose ourselves and we start to try to anticipate everyone else's needs, we, people on the other end of that feel manipulated. They feel like they can't trust us. They feel like we're phony or she's up to something. She's too nice. She must be up to something. I don't trust it. And people will stay away from that because it's kind of a needy energy of like, please love me. I beg you, please. I'll do anything for you. People don't really want you to do everything for them, even if they do. You know what I mean? On a conscious level, people don't, they don't like it. And, and subconsciously, it kind of feels weird too. But, and especially if they're not a taker. You know? Yeah, I agree with that, except for narcissists. <laughs> they are going to love that. They, they are that. looking for that subconsciously. This is all subconscious, but they are looking for that. But normal people that from here on out we want in our lives, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, they don't. They don't like it. And I've had plenty of people kind of back off from me when I was too giving and too loving and too available. Uh, it just sends this feeling of, like I said, this begging, like, lack lack sort of mentality or or feeling toward them like I can't trust her she's she's too 
she's too available for me. It's kind of gross. And the whole like restaurant thing, like that, I did that all the time. Like, I just, I don't care wherever, wherever you want to go. I don't care. It's fine. Like I'm so, you know, pliable and flexible and approachable and cool. I'm so chill. Like, I'll do anything you want. That's not a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, I did that in dating relationships a lot, too. Yeah, right. It it reminds me of that movie, Runaway Bride, (laughs) where she's, like, so different with each of these men, and then they get engaged, and it's just like, oh, I related to that so much. Back when that came out 20 years ago, I'm very thankful that I've evolved from that. Mm-hmm. And that people can, right? It's a practice, but we can they all can. do this. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, you can start to shift your mindset around this. You can become aware of the fact that you do it. I mean, admitting it is the first step to anything, right? We want to admit it to mm-hmm. ourselves. We want to say, you know what? I do this. I didn't really know the extent of this. I thought I was just being kind and giving and loving. You know, it's... <laughs> People-pleasing is not one of those things you need to punish yourself for. It's a very, like, loving thing to do. It just can cross lines very quickly into becoming inauthentic and manipulating and and, and doing things that make you just feel like uh, you're just, you know, losing yourself and making other people feel like you're manipulating them. Yeah, and, and we don't want to shame anyone who's caught in this. Like, it's it's the best option that you might have right now. It was the best option you and I had back at the time. We just want to extend a better way of living and being in relationships. I like how you said that. It's a loving place to be, but there's there's a better way to, to go about it for the other person and for yourself. Right. Like, you can get balance in this. This is, like, just, it's all about balance in life. And Mm -hmm. you can still be a giver. It's kind of like if you're giving because you really want to give, not because you want to receive anything, that's the place that you give from. Not because somebody expects you to, or if you don't, you're going to make them mad or they're going to hate you. That's not true giving. That's just, like, manipulating someone into loving you. So if you can ask yourself questions like, if someone asks you to do something and you, you can ask yourself things like, do I care deeply about this task or do I have time for it? Do I have the energy for it? Do I even like what the person's asking me to do? You know, ask yourself those questions and be in conversation. If it doesn't make sense for you, you are allowed to actually say no uh, because you can remind yourself with some affirmations, things like my needs are as important as anyone else's. And I care about myself enough to speak up about what is best for me. I like, um, I matter too. I matter too. Because you're not saying that you're above or below someone. You're just equal. Like we're all equal. Yeah. We, I matter too. Exactly. Exactly. Like you don't matter more than me and I don't matter less than you and vice versa. Another Mm -hmm. one that's going to is I'm not being selfish when I self-advocate. I'm expressing my humanness. I'm expressing my humanness. So Things like that are helpful to start shifting your mindset as well as putting it into a practice. Because when you can say yes to yourself, you can start saying no to things that don't work for you, that don't give you energy, that deplete your energy and make you feel resentful. Yeah, I was going to say this is like really great advice. One thing that we can do as long as we keep this this restaurant analogy right, like a safe place to practice is being able to choose the restaurant once in a while. Like, saying something that you do like or when you get to the restaurant and say they get your order wrong 
kindly tell the waiter this isn't what I ordered. Like standing up for yourself in these safe safe spaces is a great way to get on track and get out of the people pleasing and into a healthier space. Absolutely. You know, I was pulling some of this information that I was researching today from, um, I believe she's a psychologist. The psychologist wrote an article that I was reading, but this book she referenced in the article, the psychologist is named uh, Tehu Smith, PhD. And she references a book called The Liberated Self, A People Pleaser's Guide to Better Relationships by Paula Cookson. And it's got a lot of these good tips I I was talking about in terms of trying to shift your mindset and action steps you can take toward breaking this habit because it is a habit. That's really all it is. It's it's a coping mechanism and it's, those are habits, you know, like other things we do in life, like overdoing and losing ourselves. And well, we can name probably 50 million things people do on every single day to to start to please people. But overdoing is a huge one too. Do you, have you found yourself doing that in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned, um, that's kind of my go-to is I'm more of an overdoer. I don't sit back. I'll just run circles around everyone trying to fix everything and get everything possibly done. And that shows that I don't really trust the people around me to do their part too. Like with this wedding has been kind of an eye opener. My daughter's getting married in two weeks from today. And I just am doing this so differently than I've done all the other big events in my life is I'm, I'm trusting the people around me and I'm delegating and I'm telling them what I need and I'm not going to be a stress case who no one wants to be around. Everyone can't wait for it to be over and neither can I. I want it to be so different and I want these people around me to take on their share too. And they've already offered and I'm thanking them profusely and I'm taking them up on it and overdoing is exhausting. It's, it's a hard way to live and I'm thankful to be in the recovery process of that too. Yeah, mine is uh, rescuing. I find that I I feel like I have to rescue people from their own feelings and their own pain. That that's that's been my big challenge in life. Is you know I don't want people to feel bad. I want them to always be happy. So uh, when I step back and I and I do what I need to do, and I notice I'm letting them have space to be mad if they're mad or disappointed, or that actually helps them. When you stop people pleasing, it helps the people around you. When you stand in your own truth and you just, you know, deal with the fact that you feel guilty for not rescuing or overdoing, and you deal with your own feelings, you allow them to deal with their discomfort as well. And that's very healthy. That's healthy for people. It's not healthy to make sure they're always band-aided over with, you know, everything going perfectly. Like you were talking about with your children. It's like they, this isn't real life. Life is sometimes bumpy and hard and, and, and to what are they going to do when they're grown and you're not there anymore to be there every second of the day to manage their, their pain or their discomfort. So it actually, for any stage of life, even if you start when you're almost 50, (laughs) like me, uh, it, it's just really, really helpful to allow yourself to process your own feelings about it, your own pain, guilt, and then let the other person do the same. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, we're not robots and we're not here to just be 100% happy and blissful. That's not real life. And if you take away those opportunities for them to grow through their hard times, it's crippling them and it's not setting them up for success. I think I started overdoing because I don't like when people are angry or disappointed in me or 
I just, I want everyone to be happy, kind of like what you were talking about. I, I've done some rescuing too, but then the overdoing piece is like, I can do that by myself. I like to be alone. I'm an introvert, but that's kind of my little, I'm overdoing, I'm taking care of everything. Like no one can be mad. And then when they're mad, I'm always surprised. And it's just as a vicious cycle. So like you said or, or earlier, awareness is that first step. And now that we have offered, I love those questions that you asked, that we can ask ourselves about something that we're, we're being asked to do. Is it that important to me? Do I have the bandwidth in my life to do something else for this person? Maybe not. And then you're taking that risk because you're kind of changing the balance of the relationship. People get used to you doing everything. It serves them very well. And so depending on where they're at, hopefully you can both evolve together. And, and when you even take the time to sit them down and say, hey, I don't want to live like I've been living before and I love you and I want this relationship to be healthy. This is what I'm going to do from here on out. Those are some good first steps too, just kind of laying down those healthy boundaries and, and explaining you're doing it for both of us because you want we want to have a better relationship and hopefully that other person will agree. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, communication is so important in that regard. I was thinking about uh, something Dr. Phil McGraw once said, and I may be misquoting it, but you teach people how to treat you. So if you're letting, I mean, it's human nature to take. If somebody is not saying no, and they're like, seem, if they seem fine with giving all the time, you know, why would they tell you not to do what you apparently want to be doing? So it's up to you to decide yeah. if it's okay for you. And then let the chips fall where they may if somebody doesn't like what you're doing for you. It's really not your problem what they think about you, to be honest. And a good way to become aware of this is kind of asking yourself, um, why am I people-pleasing right now? Like, why do I feel the need to do this? Like, just get in conversation with yourself and really try to understand yourself. This isn't about shaming, as you were saying. It's about just noticing, being curious. Like, why am I doing this right now? What's, what's it doing for me? to be doing this right now when I could be putting a puzzle together or like cooking something I love doing or, or exercising. Why am I going overboard in this moment to please that other person when I don't have time? I actually have things I want to do for myself that will make me feel more energized. So it's, it's a really good conversation to start having that, that, that understanding, compassion, and forgiveness for yourself for things you've done and for reasons you've done them is huge for self-love. It just creates this conversation with yourself and this love for yourself of like, I do matter, right? I do matter. I'm, this, this is important to me. And I was doing this thing because I thought it was going to help everyone be more peaceful, but it's creating so much disharmony inside of me that it, it's not going to be peaceful because pretty soon I'm about to like scream my head off at somebody because they're taking advantage of me. And I don't want to feel that way toward anyone, least of all myself. So yeah, start with you for sure. Yeah, I feel like I want to put a plug in here for therapy. Therapy's been very, very helpful for me. And as a coach, I love helping people move forward and get their goals and get a little understanding. But I think there are times when you really need to work with a therapist. I mean, if you are asking yourself these questions and you can't find the answers, it could be very deeply buried from childhood. And so you and I have both benefited from therapy. We've talked about that on the podcast. And I encourage anyone listening who needs that help to, to find someone. There's good therapists out there that can really help you through this. Yeah. A lot of those things are hidden from us are very, uh, 
you need, you really do need someone, I think, a therapist to help you. I mean, self-help books are great and coaches jobs aren't to do, to be a therapist and, and dig through that stuff. Uh, you know, coach's job is to be in this present moment, helping you with your goals toward your future and a positive way of doing life, right? So if you've got the deeper, and coaches have a responsibility to say, if there's something deep that's hidden from you, I'm not the person for you. It's, it, you should go find a therapist here. I can refer you to one in this, in my local community or something. Uh, but it's really important to get to a place inside yourself where you know all your hidden secrets and then you can talk to a coach or do self-help uh, on your own or whatever you want to do to further your expansion into the future and from this present moment. But if it's hidden from you, it's really, I agree with you, therapy is wonderful for that. It helps to talk things out. It helps you to like become clear about things that you're, you're not sure about, that are your life is not working and you feel upset and sad and mad, but you don't know why. Definitely. All therapy is amazing. Amazing. Agreed. Life-saving. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, this has been such a great episode, Kristen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. And thank you so much for always being willing to chat with me. And <laughs> I love our conversations. So I hope this has helped our audience. And uh, thank you again for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. And hopefully this has helped you in some way. And certainly um, keep listening. We'll always have more to talk about. We love to share. So Have a wonderful day. And thanks again, Becky. I appreciate it. Do you have anything else to say to close off? No, I just think this is such an important episode. I'm I'm probably going to make my kids listen to it because we have so much wisdom. (laughs) But I I also love like we We pull from so many different sources and there's just so much information out there. It's, It's good to have a place to go where it's more curated for you. Absolutely. Definitely. Have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye, everyone. If you like what you've been learning about self-love, come join us in our free Facebook group, Try Self-Love. We'd also appreciate if you'd leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. That way your friends and family and others who need us can find us. We're so glad you're here. See you next week.